In today's episode, I had Nick Devon on. If you guys don't know who Nick is, he's my partner at Forever Home Realty. He runs the day-to-day operations as the broker. And in this episode, we covered a lot of different topics. We went over what it was like from his ascension of working in the clubs here in Vegas to when I hired him to help me out flipping houses, all the way to managing this brokerage now where we have almost 100 agents. On top of that, he goes into how he has sold the most expensive home in Vegas last year in 2020, as well as what it's going to be like in the future for real estate in general and how agents can succeed in the near future. We also got into other topics like cryptocurrency and just other plans that him and I have, as well as our history together of how we got started. So you're going to love this episode. Now let's jump into it. Welcome to the Ryan Pineda Show, where our mission is to invest I only expect to make money in things that I understand. Innovate. It's about believing in the future and thinking that the future will be better than the past. And inspire. I am much more likely to hit my goal just due to putting it out there. Now rocking with the best. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Ryan Pineda Show. Today, I have my partner at my brokerage, Forever Home Realty, with me today. The one, the only, Nick Devitt. What's up, man? How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. So for those of you who don't know, I own a brokerage called Forever Home Realty. We've got, what, about 90 agents now? Uh, I think we're up to like 96 agents. 96. We're about to hit the century mark. Yeah. Um, We started, yeah, and we only started about three years ago, which we'll kind of get on later. But uh, Nick is also not only my partner, but two things. Number one, the very first person I hired when I got started flipping houses and number two, I think my oldest friend, yeah. I, I think. I can't think of anyone who uh, I've had a relationship with longer Yeah. in, in, in you know, the ways that I'm, I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but anyways, so why don't you just tell them a little bit about, like, you know, your story and beginnings, and we'll kind of go from there. Definitely. So, like yourself, you know, born and raised in Las Vegas and grew up here. Um, me and you met, actually, when we were in sixth grade. In choir class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't going to say it. I was going to let you tell a story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and we were both sitting there kind of like, you know, <laughs> what are we doing here in this class? <laughs> I think we were the only guys in the class, too. Yeah. I don't even know how I ended up in that class. Like, what? I think how did you end up in it? You probably chose it. Like a forced elective, yeah, I think. Or but we didn't sign up for electives and, like, they just kind of put us in randomly, it. Randomly, yeah. And you were in, not in the academy and I was in the academy. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, it kind of just worked out. And then, you know, we've gone through many phases since then and met back up in high school at Bonanza. And you played baseball, um, varsity, and I played JV um, freshman year. And then after that, kind of just, you know, I dropped out of baseball and just had fun, you know, through college. You started being a party boy. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was taking baseball. Obviously, that was my career, and so I was very serious about it and going to college, and you were kind of going to college to, to live that frat life, dude. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, back in high school, we still, you know, you'd hit me up every weekend. We'd go to the park, play catch, and practice yeah. swinging and go to batting cages. And work out. Work out, yeah, a lot. Um, so, you know, grew up together very close, and then, you know, you went off to Cal State Northridge to play baseball. And I stayed here at UNLV and joined a fraternity, <laughs> which is a whole nother story. But that was a good time and, uh, you know, grew the network and, 
you know, that's helped me a lot nowadays. But <clears throat> I did a casino management and, you know, wanted to grow up and be like a, you know, hospitality mogul or something. Because that was what your dad did. Yeah, so my dad did for many, many years and still doing that. Yeah. Um, but graduated college and went into the nightclubs. And, and you've worked like every <laughs> job in the nightclubs. You've been, uh, you know, where did you begin? You're like a busser, right? Yeah, I was a busser at Encore Beach Club, which is at the Wynn. And, you know, it was a great, great job. You know, you make probably 80000 90000 for the summer. And then you take the winter off and kind of hang out, travel, do whatever. Right. Um, and you meet a lot of cool people and... You know, it's a good life for, you know, when you're going to college and then especially you know, when you're like after. 22 years old, you know, making a hundred grand. Yeah. You know, half the kids who get out of college now can't get a job, you know, <laughs> and like, you know, you're just working in the club making almost a hundred grand. Yeah. Which is nuts. Meeting cool people and, you know, seeing all the best DJs in the world. And yeah, it's a good lifestyle for a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit. And you only work, you know, three days a week. So, yeah. And then, so you were a busser for a little bit. That's how you got started. What happened after that? Yeah, I was a busser for five years. And then I kind of got sick of that and wanted to transition into something more kind of professional, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> which was, you know, VIP hosting. So with VIP hosting, um, you know, you deal with the top level clientele and, you know, they hit you up to get balls at nightclubs and come in and spend, you know, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 on these tables. It's crazy. And, you know, it's a cool cool job again you know you get a bunch of perks you get you know comps at restaurants comps at any other nightclub you want to go to and you know just hang out and go to the after parties and you know live that lifestyle that you yeah. know billionaires live well and you also you've told me about a ton of cool people you've met doing that you're like oh yeah i hosted that guy and oh yeah i know tons. that guy you know and after parties with the djs and you know Every, every night's a gamble. Like you have no, you have idea, no idea what idea. you're getting into. Yeah. Yeah. So you did that for a few years and like, what, what does a, a VIP host make? Um, so I was making around like 120, 130,000 a year. Okay. And during that time, you know, I had finally come back from baseball. You know, you had been doing the nightclub thing for a while. I was mm -hmm. doing the baseball thing. And then it was weird because that was when our roads kind of, kind of finally converged again. Because I started flipping houses, you ended up getting your realtor's license, mm -hmm. and then, you know, we both came to the conclusion of like, hey, you know, for me, baseball's not really working. For you, it's like, dude, I'm going to like die if I party every night, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was continuing to host, and in 2015, I got my license, but didn't really take it seriously or anything, so I continued hosting. And then in 2017 is when you were flipping a couple homes, like 10, and you came to me and you're like, hey, Nick, like, I'm flipping these homes and I got to leave to play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and so pretty yeah. much you gave me a crash course in like two weeks how to flip homes. Right. And then you just left town. Yeah. Um, so in that time, you taught me how to, you know, manage the contractors, estimate bids, you know, check foundations and roofs and all that stuff. And, yeah, you know, pay well, people out. And I think, too, so everyone knows, like, when he says 10, it was like 10 at once. I had bought... I think 10 within the last two months at that time, I was like, mm -hmm. Hey Nick, like I already got these 10 homes, you know, I need you to <laughs> go manage them, make sure they get fixed and, uh, go list them and all this stuff. And, you know, for me anyways, I had to delegate cause I still wanted to play baseball, 
you know, at that point I knew baseball wasn't going to really like be my career, but I was like, dude, if people still want to pay me and people still want to watch me play, like I'm going to keep playing. I can do real estate forever. And I ended up uh, just leaving to go play, even though my business was booming. And you were the first guy that I looked at and I was like, man, who would I trust that could actually manage these properties and understands real estate and all that? And, you know, you had your license for a couple of years already. So you understood real estate. You had sold some houses and, you know, obviously I trusted you. Um, so it was just like this perfect fit. And also too, you, you'd started to like express you were wanting to get out of the nightclubs, you know? And so I said, dude, just, just try it out. Like, see if you even like, you know, this industry doing it the way I do it. And it was good because you, you learned super quick. You listed them. We got them flipped. Um, and then at that time, I ended up getting released from baseball. Um, that was around like July or August. Yeah, August, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. Like, I'm just retiring and like, let's do this serious. And then that was when you and I had the conversation. I was like, all right, like, what should we do? And then um, you're like, let's just start a brokerage. <laughs> and so we started a brokerage maybe like a month after that. Yeah. Started October 1st, uh, 2017. Yeah. But we started like the planning, like within weeks of me quitting. Yeah. Yeah. But 2017, I mean, that was a crazy year for me because I was doing doubles at the nightclub. So I was working, you know, Hakkasan at night, Wet Republic during the day, and then flipping homes during the week. Right. And, you know, you'd call me up, hey, I got this house. And, you know, I'd drop everything, go look at the house. I'd be like, okay, buy it. Yeah. And, and I was in North Dakota <laughs> and it, it would get bought. Yeah. So if you, if you just the moral of the story too, with that is you can do this business virtually, you know, you just got to have someone you trust who's actually there. Yeah. You'd be in the dugout and you're like, Hey, I got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, like I, this, I got to go get a hit real quick. I'll, I'll call you back. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of how it started. And it's really cool because I didn't expect that to be like what ended up happening. You know, like I was like, all right, you know, Maybe this is going to be something, maybe not. Like, maybe it's just for the time being. I didn't know how big I wanted to make my business or anything. Like, it was just, hey, like, we got some houses to flip. Like, let's let's get them flipped and let's go buy some more. Um, that year, we ended up, I think, with 54 flips. Yeah, something like that. And, yeah, that year, I retired. We officially launched the brokerage together as partners. Um, we hired Hannock at the end of the year to manage the projects. Because even though you did the project management we both understood that it was about to grow really, really big. And so we were like, Hey, you know, the broker of the brokerage cannot be managing <laughs> projects. And Definitely so not. we took you out of project management, put you as strictly the listing agent on all the flips, um, managing the brokerage. And, you know, we went from literally zero to, you know, almost a hundred agents now, three years later without even doing any recruiting or anything. It's just all word of mouth. Yeah. I mean, we were winging it back then, but now it's all dialed in with the flips and, you know, the wholesaling and the brokerage and everything and everyone has their place and it's flowing really well. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, <clears throat> now we, we understand the beginnings now. Um, many people have never heard that story. So I'm glad we got to share it. Um, at this point, you as a listing agent, you've probably listed how many homes at this point? Yeah. Easily over... 350, probably close to 400. Yeah. And the thing that I love um, with my business and, and what we do is that 
I when's the last time like I really like negotiated one of these listings? Um probably two years ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally I'm like, Nick, whatever you think is best, like just go it, for it. It's in your court. Like I don't care. Like I don't even want to hear about it. All I want to do is like make cool podcasts and stuff and uh I trust that you're gonna negotiate well. Yeah. So I negotiate and then you give me the thumbs up and we're good to go. Yep. So that that that's the best part, um, for me anyways, about having you as as the listing agent and the broker. Um but I think the other cool part is all these new opportunities that are that are arising. So uh, if you guys haven't seen it, we actually filmed a video last year. You can find it on my main YouTube channel for this $11 million house that Nick sold. Tell us about that deal, dude. Yeah, it was an awesome deal. Um, you know, a guy I met back in the nightclub, he wanted to buy a home in Vegas because California was all locked down and you have no freedom out there like many people right now. Yep. And, you know, he came to me through a friend and, you know, we looked at about 30 homes in Vegas and this is right before the big boom was happening. You know, it was building up. Right. Right now you can't buy anything, even in that price range. Yeah. It's, it's now looking like he got a deal. Yeah. So I've already, <laughs> I had someone um, offer me 15 million for that house. Wow. $4 million. He could have profited four mil. Yeah. In a couple of months. But there's nothing else to buy right now. So... Um, yeah, you got a great deal on it now, but yeah, we showed about 30 homes to him and, you know, he picked the best of the best and, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to show him two and $3 million homes and, you know, none of them, you know, fit what he was looking for. And he went up to, I think it was listed at 12.75 when we started and got it down to like 11,250. Yeah. 11,250,000. Mm-hmm. And it was the most expensive sale in all of Henderson. Correct, for 13 years. For 13 years. Wait, what, did something sell for more than that 13 years ago? What sold? I don't even know. <laughs> it, it, I, I would guess that was the highest sale ever. Maybe like, since Henderson started. Yeah, I don't know. How old is Henderson? I don't even know. Um, but, yeah, so that house, If you, like I said, go watch it on YouTube if you guys want to see it because it's sick. And. We had a lot of fun over there. They had a bowling alley, a basketball court, tennis court. Putting green. Putting green. It was sick. So super sick. Overlooks the whole city. But but I can I can relate to him, man, because I'm I'm doing the build on my house, as you know. And I'm thinking originally, like, man, okay, if I can be at like two and a half million all in, I'm gonna be good, three million. And now I'm like looking at him like, dude, if I could stay, you know, under five million, this is gonna be good. Cause uh just like the budget just keeps going up and up. When you <laughs> when you start thinking about your dream home that you're like, man, what else could I possibly buy or build? Then you're like, well, if this is going to be it, I might as well just add this. Yeah, get it out of the way and go all out right now. Well, because the, the other reality is if, <clears throat> say, a year or two from now or even three years from now, like it's finally done, I'm like, dang, like, you know, I'm, I, I could have afforded it now. Mm-hmm. You know, in my mind three years ago, maybe not. But today it was like, oh, I should have did that. So I don't want to have that regret. Yeah, and you don't want to move again, especially after doing a two-year build. No, yeah. After <laughs> going through the building process, I'm already like, dude, this is it, guys. <laughs> Never again. So it was cool because, you know, my lots near that that house, they can actually see each other both on their different yeah. spots, which was cool. Um but it's led to another another deal you got going on now. Yeah, so 
actually two days ago, we just went into contract on a house that was listed at eight and a half million and we got in contract um, well under that. I can't say the price right now, but right. so fingers crossed it closes, but it's just crazy, you know, cause you, and I want to use this as inspiration because many people go to me and they're like, wow, like you moved so fast. How did you do that? Like, how has it grown that quickly? And your, your career trajectory is very much the same. Cause you know, you just started taking real estate seriously and mm-hmm. you know, 2017 with me and now you sell the most expensive home in Henderson in 2020, you know, you're leading a growing brokerage. Now you got another deal for an 8 million. You've sold, you know, these hundreds of flips along the way, you know, and you just turned 30. Well, we're about to be 32. Yeah. Our birthdays <laughs> are two days apart. So. Yeah. We're about to be 32, <laughs> but by the time this launches, we might be 32. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so it's just, you know, your career trajectory is so quick as well. And I, I remember telling you that back in 17 or 18, I was like, dude, I don't care about my real estate career at all. As far as being a realtor goes, I was like, I don't want to list them. I don't want to <laughs> have anything to do with being a realtor. Like I want you to have like everything, you know, as it relates to the brokerage, I want you to be the face. Like I just, I'll supply everything else needed as far as like the inventory and the houses and I'll promote, but you know, I want you to handle that. And it's like, I don't think it's could have gone any better. No, it's worked out well, you know, and you know, just from going from the clubs to real estate, I mean, from this, you know, $8 million house, that's going to be double my salary when I was working in the clubs. Yeah. And that's one deal. One deal. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that that was the revelation I had when I was flipping couches. I was like, yeah. man, this would be like a hundred couches to make this flip. Yeah, and <laughs> in, in the nightclub, you know, it didn't matter if I sold, you know, a couple more hundred thousand a year in product. You know, you weren't getting I paid was, for it. You know, I was making maybe an extra like five thousand dollars. Yeah. So now there's no ceiling in real estate, and truly, as hard as you want to work, you know, the money's a reflection of that. So. Yeah. Well, I think too, for being a realtor, one of the biggest um, things that you've got going for you is actually what you did at the club and even before the club with the frat. Mm-hmm. Your network is so big at this point that you don't you don't even market. Like you don't do anything. No. Yeah. I'm a low-key guy. <laughs> yeah. Like you're just crushing deals, you know, doing no marketing or prospecting. I'm pretty certain you've never made a cold call, you know. Probably not. <laughs> Except when I managed your callers back in the day. Oh yeah, I forgot about that, man. Guys, if you would have known <laughs> what we were doing, how we were getting deals. Oh man, this was back in 2018. So cringeworthy, <laughs> super cringe, guys. So I'll tell you guys a quick story. Actually, before I get into this quick quick story about deals, uh, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? My company, Future Flipper, can help. We've taught hundreds of people all over the country how to flip wholesale, and buy rental properties. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your investing journey. Whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your company, Future Flipper can help. We have courses, coaching, and events for all levels of investors. So if you want to take the next step, go to futureflipper.com and book a free consultation to see how we can best help you. Once again, that's futureflipper.com. One of the hardest parts about real estate investing is finding a good contractor. That's where Southwestern Custom Construction comes in. They've been doing remodels in Nevada and Arizona since 2006. As a fully licensed and bonded general contractor, 
They're able to help with any type of renovation, all the way from an entry-level fixer-upper to a custom luxury home. Southwestern Custom Construction specializes in working with investors. I've personally used them on many of my projects, so I know their team is legit. If you want to get a bid on a project, head over to customhomenow.com. Once again, that's customhomenow.com. Are you looking to find off-market real estate deals? One of the best tools my team uses is Batch Leads. With Batch Leads, you're able to pull data, manage lists, and send text messages. On top of that, you can get nationwide access to the MLS to get pictures and comps. My team has used Batch Leads to get some of our best deals, so I know it works. If you want to start today, you can get half off your first month by going to batchleads.io and using the promo code RYAN. Once again, that's batchleads.io, promo code RYAN for half off your first month. Now, back to the show. So when we first got started in 2018, actually marketing for the first time, we had no idea what we were doing. Um, up to that point, I tell people this all the time. My first 80 deals from 2015 to 2017, I spent $0 on marketing. It was all wholesalers and MLS and referrals. In 2018, I was like, well, you know, let's do 100 plus deals. Like, I'm, goal's 100. You remember that? Yeah. And I was like, so we're going to need to start doing our own marketing. And I had seen how everyone else was doing deals. People were like, oh, yeah, we just cold call. I was like, okay, like I'll just get a list of numbers and we'll cold call. We didn't really get any type of good list or anything. Or, and the, the cold callers were like just our buddies. Yeah, I put a I put a Facebook post out. I was like, hey. Whoever wanna, wants to do this. Whoever wants to do it, let's do it. And like four people showed up. I'm like, you're hired. We had a tiny office, like I think it was – a thousand square feet. Yeah, and we put them all in like a one of the little one hundred fifty yeah. square foot room, <laughs> and we're like, okay, guys, so here's some numbers. Just go call them. That was it. That was it. There was no training. There was no like we anything. Got, we got deals, which is surprising. Well, and the crazy part was too, we didn't um, like have a dialer. It was all hand dial on their cell phone. Yep. We didn't have a script. We didn't have. Anything we didn't train, like, we expected them also to close it themselves. We we're like, guys, just freaking close them. Like, I don't understand this. Some of them did, dude. They did. My, you know, well, only one guy remains, Michael mm -hmm. from that era. You know, he was the one who proved himself above the rest. And so he's been with me on the sales team the longest. So every time we get a new person, he's like always telling them, like, dude, you have no idea <laughs> like how easy it is compared to when it was. All the tech nowadays. Yeah. They just sit there with their headset on. It's just, you know, dialing. Stacked list and all this stuff. Yeah, way better data, script. And half the time, with the way we're set up now, you know, one person doesn't do everything from start to finish. You know, one person basically sets appointments. The other guy closes appointments. One person handles follow-ups. So it's way more structured now. But just thinking back to that era, it's so funny just how bad we were. But it made money. Yeah, and it's a good story, you know. Shows where he came from. I think another funny part of that was I remember you came up to me one day. You're like, "Hey, I found this texting platform. Like, we should <laughs> we should just text all these numbers too." Yeah. And you were just like, "I'm just gonna send them out. Like, let's see what happens." <laughs> and we ended up getting I think a deal. We got a deal right away from it. Yeah. Well, Gunderson. The, yeah, Gunderson. We did. But <laughs> the funny part of that was too, is. We wouldn't have got the deal because we had no follow-up. They they followed up with us. Like, hey, you called it or you texted us like a week ago or something. Can you buy our house? Yeah, we're like, <laughs> we're like sure. <laughs> cool, we'll go. We'll we'll be over. So that was funny. Um 
What other what other things do you remember from that era? Like what we were doing? Man, tried door knocking and you know every type of marketing, and we're just <laughs> throwing whatever at the wall and whatever sticks. You know, we went with, but. You, you know what's funny is, so <laughs> I've had Sean Bob on the podcast. Oh One of the funniest things I remember about that when we started the brokerage was, I I think I may have said it on Facebook. I'm like, hey, you know, we're going to open a brokerage. DM me if, you know, you're thinking about switching or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Sean Bob DM me within like a minute. Just something stupid. And he's like, all right, well, like, where do I sign up? I'm like, it doesn't even exist yet. Like, it's there's <laughs> there's nothing. We don't have anything yet. We're just, like, getting the paperwork done. Yeah. And I was like, we think we have an office. And he's like, okay, where's it at? I'm like, it's right here. He's like, can we go see it? <laughs> I was like, okay. And then, you know, like a lost puppy was just waiting at the office, like, with his, uh, you know. Resume or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like his backpack and his, his desk. He's, like, ready to move in. So, uh, I'm stuck with him, too. Yep. Yep. He's... You know, <laughs> he, yeah, he's never leaving. Um, he actually had the highest viewed episode for a while. Maybe he still, I think we still tell him he does. Like he, he asks every day. Our video guys are always like, he always asks the video guys, am I still number one? Am I still number one? And we just tell him he is. <laughs> and we tell him his episode has made so much money on ad revenue and stuff. It's just crazy. Yeah. You got to get him back on. I know. We're, we'll probably have to get all three of us and see how it goes. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that was crazy, just starting everything out. And then just the expansion from the last three years because we opened that office, 1,000-square-foot office, quickly outgrew it within, you know, like six months. Mm -hmm. And then I went and rented the other office, like a couple doors down, just to put home run offer in and separate the two and then outgrew that. And then now we're here. And I don't know if we're going to outgrow this, but uh, it's getting there. Yeah, we're getting close. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a good problem. What do you what do you think though is your plan for the brokerage and just yourself? Like what's your big goals? You know, at the rate we're growing, you know, I see us having five hundred agents in a couple years pretty easily. Um and you know, I just want to keep on the same path and deliver, you know, the value that we're giving our agents, right you know, for the minimal cost, you know, all these other brokerages are charging, you know, 70, 30 split, 60, 40, you know, technology fees, all that stuff. And, you know, we have a very simple structure of just, you know, 495 per deal and a hundred bucks a month. And that's it. You know, what, what about, love it. what about the copier fees? The copier fees. <laughs> you, yeah, whenever I see that, like, yeah, you know, if you want to print something, it's 10 cents. I'm like, what? Who's tracking that? Like, right. Collecting money on the side. Now <laughs> <laughs> they've like the other brokerages. I'm like, oh, dude, the other brokerages. Yeah, I'm like, how are you charging people? Like, I get it because it can get expensive. These agents, like, you know, print all this crap. It's like, just don't even offer it. Like at that point, go, yeah. Go to Kinkos. Does Kinkos exist? Yeah. Okay. So. Go to Kinkos. <laughs> I was thinking it was like. <laughs> I was watching the Blockbuster documentary on Netflix yesterday. So I got me thinking. I'm like, I haven't been to Kinko's in a long time. Maybe it doesn't exist. I think they merged with FedEx. That's something. why. I yeah. think it's the same thing. So, yeah, it's – we've never changed the model, really. It's just been 100 bucks a month, 495 a, a deal, and keep everything else for the last couple of years. And I think, too, what separates it is, like, you, you know, when you look at brokerages, you have two types. You've got the one who is taking a big profit split, right? But in exchange, they're like, oh, well, we've got a big brand name. 
we're going to give you training. We're going to give you X, Y, Z. And then you have the, you know, boutique ones that are like, we're a hundred percent commission and you're going to make most of your money. And like, we're not giving you anything. Like mm-hmm. it's just is what it is. But when I look at our model, I look at us like, all right, we're charging what the, the boutiques charge. But today, actually you guys had a training in yep. the conference room. Uh, I see you training them every week. Mm-hmm. It's, and we've been buying different types of trainings. Like what other trainings have we gone through? Uh, we gone through like Bufini and Ryan Serhant, and then you know we go over contracts and trending topics and the we market. Get, we get the title people. I'll talk to them sometimes. Like they get a lot of training. You do social media and different, you know. Yeah, I give them my courses and stuff and too. Flip stuff. Yeah, so I can tell you, there's literally not a better value out there, um, yeah. and I I don't feel like cocky or arrogant saying that. Like it's just the reality of it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, all I do is it, the no. facts are the facts. We do zero marketing. You know, it's just whatever yeah. they see on social media. And most of our agents are between, you know, 20 and 35 years old. Yeah, they're young. Yeah. And so it's like the new wave of um, real estate in Vegas. And, you know, they have huge networks and they're all putting in, you know, huge numbers. And well, I think too, it's awesome to see what I really love about them and, you know, I give them all the social media influencer course. Um, if you guys want that course and you're an agent in Vegas, you can get it for free if you just join. Um, if not, you can buy it. But uh, what I want this brokerage to become is like the leader in social media and how to do it. You know, I'm kind of trying to set the standard for like, hey, here's how you do it. Here's what we do. You can do it for your own personal brand. And you could easily, like I seriously say easily, make six figures if you just do social media right and you don't spend anything. You don't have to cold call. You don't have to do any of the stuff that the old school ways try and teach you. Like, you'll generate hot, warm leads just posting the right type of content. Yeah, and those are the leads you want because they already know your personality. They know what you're doing. They see you you know, out and about, and they know what they're getting when they're working with you. Yeah, so I want us to be just that number one scene brokerage in Las Vegas. And I think we're pretty close to already there. being there. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, we might already be there, but like, yeah. I want it to just be undisputed. Yeah. You know, some days I have like, you know, seven agents lined up here, like waiting to join. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's been getting even like crazier ever since I've done the, the huge social media push. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I like that aspect of it. I like the aspect that, it's cheaper than these big um, brokerages. You don't have like, you know, international marketing and franchise fees and, you know, all this other crap that they have. You know, it's very simple boutique and, you know, you get good value. Yeah. You know what's funny is, so I'm in the process of starting the fund and some other things. And man, just talking to all these different fund guys, like the thing with the fund is you can structure it in a million different ways. You can structure it however you want with interest, whether it's guaranteed or not, you know, what kind of equity split, what kind of acquisitions fees, management fees. Like there's a million ways to structure it. And I'm sitting there thinking like, if I am trying to sell somebody on joining my fund and, you know, investing with me, I'd probably want to just do it very simplistic. Yeah, as transparent <laughs> as possible. Yeah, th- this <laughs> here's is what it. it is. Yeah, like, okay, here's the interest you're going to get. Here's what we split. Like, this is it. That's how I am with the brokerage. You know, I don't want to keep track of whose split is different than whose. And yeah, 
they made 15,000 already this year in commission. So now they don't have to pay anymore. Like, right. You know, it's too much for me to keep track of. So it's just not worth the headache. I don't want to do it. Right. (laughs) Well, and yeah, it's just not worth the headache. And I think too, what that actually does is we have pretty much all amazing agents with no ego. Mm -hmm. You know, we got some top producers they don't act like your typical top producer who is like, man, okay, what are you gonna give me? You know, I'm like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean I'm gonna give you? It's four ninety five. <laughs> like, I don't. You get the same thing as he gets. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just like, do you want it to be free? Like, I don't understand what we're gonna do. And it's just, you, you do get those prima donna agents, just like there are prima donna, you know, investors or influencers mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, I think the pitch is always funny when that happens because it used to be me. But, you know, now you're handling all the things. But it's just like, you understand that you're, like, not making me anything. Like, this doesn't. Especially we split it. So Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to make. That podcast I just filmed made me more than you'll make me for the year. Like, that's what it comes down to. (laughs) So that's just, it's funny, though, because it comes back to with any business and any relationship and any type of thing you're doing, like leverage, right? So we talk about this with sellers a lot um, for our sales team. We're like, hey, if a seller wants too much money or they, like, are trying to just nickel and dime do this, walk away. Be like, we don't need you. Like, we have a million other deals we're working on. It does not matter to me whether I buy your home or not. I'd love to. You know, I'm not being a dick, but just I don't have time for this. Like, it's if you're going to nickel and dime me, I don't want to work with you anyway. That's kind of how we do it at the brokerage. That's how I do it pretty much every business. Like, this is the price. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't a fair price, you wouldn't see everyone else in the program or at the brokerage or whatever, too. Yeah, we have no <laughs> turnover with agents, like hardly any. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So, what about the luxury game, dude? Are you are you going to try and branch into that more so? Yeah, it's kind of the path I'm going now. I guess, <laughs> I, guess I am. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's cool. I'm kind of just falling into it. Um but it's a natural progression, I think. You know, I've done so many hundreds of deals now, and the network keeps growing, and, you know, people are coming to me left and right. And, you know, last year I did, I think, like, $35 million in sales, which is huge for Vegas. Yeah. Might not be huge for New York or L.A., but right. that's a lot for Vegas. Well, it's huge for anyone listening. And then, yeah, you know, next year, or this year, actually, I'll probably break, like, 50. Yeah. You know, it's just a natural progression at this point. Right. Well, and the thing too with all a lot of these other top producers is, and I, I talk about this. If you guys haven't seen my income streams video, um, I recently did it, and I just showed transparently, like, hey, here's what I am actually making net profit after everything. And the thing is, when you look at a lot of these top producers, their net is not really that impressive. Um, either they're spending crazy amounts of money on marketing. Um, or they, you know, just have a huge giant team, you know, everything mm-hmm. is going under their name, but it's 15 agents. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, and there, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are guys who just absolutely crush it. Um, but most of the people who absolutely crush it have either been in the game so long that they just have longevity and so many referrals built up. And, you know, I, I think that's what's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. I think, I tell this to the agents all the time, you know, 
getting those first bunch of deals is the hardest part. And then after that, it's like exponential because if you have a client base of 100 people you've sold homes to, how many referrals are you going to get out of that? 200, 300. At least. And then how many out of those guys and those guys? Yeah. And it just keeps compounding. So I think even with what you've done so far, it's like <laughs> it's so like early mm -hmm. and it's the beginning. Yeah. No, it's been a fun ride the last three years. Yeah. And now, you know, we're looking to hire a managing broker for the brokerage to handle some of the day-to-day -day stuff um, so that I could focus on, you know, the bigger items at hand. Yeah. I love it. So I've gotten this question before, um, and I think Sean Bob answered in his video, but what what is it like working with me? People always want to want to know that. Because I have like this persona on camera because I get to control the narrative. <laughs> but uh, what is it What is it really like behind the scenes? You're the most like goal-oriented, like hardest working person, you know, that I know. And it kind of creates that feeling around you so that everyone else works hard and, you know, produces and, you know, leads in your, your steps. Yeah, I think, you know, for me anyways, with, with everyone that's in this office or around – you will like weed yourself out. I don't think we fire mm -hmm. people or people quit. Well, I shouldn't say people quit. It's like people just realize, dude, I, I can't make it here. <laughs> it's just, I, I had that, I had that feeling with baseball. You know, you, you start to keep going up the ladder then everyone keeps getting better and better and better. And all of a sudden you're like not up to par and you're saying, man, I don't know that I belong here. Like I'm pretty good, but man, these guys are, killers mm -hmm. and i think the same thing happens here it's like if you can't match the work ethic if you can't keep up you know yeah you <laughs> you you get left behind i mean that's unfortunately how it goes mm -hmm. and i'm always looking for the most talented people to work with me because i mean we all i only have so many hours in the day so everything i do i have to leverage other people's hours to to accomplish what i want to accomplish and the talent of those people will directly be like, it, it will dictate, you know, my success as well and the company's success and everything. Like if, if they're not talented and they don't work hard, it doesn't matter how I train them or anything. Like it's just, it's not going to work out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why Forever Home has had so much success is because you have a lot of talent and the work, your work ethic is, you know, I know you said I'm the one of the hardest your, your work ethic is definitely on par. I, I think back to when we started in 2017, you, you had mentioned it. You were working two a days at the club. Mm -hmm. You were, you were doing the, the day shift, which got, I've never had a real job like that other than being a substitute teacher, but, uh, you, I can't imagine serving alcohol in the club for like, you know, whatever at, at daytime and then going to work at midnight to go do that. And then you would still work out with me at seven, eight in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you did it. Me neither, looking back. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're old now, so we're like, man, the things we used to do. I don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, that actually showed me more than anything that, man, this guy, he's working so hard at his stuff, but he wants to also do this. And then, you know, working on the real estate is one thing, but actually going to the gym at seven, eight in the morning is another thing. Like you didn't have to do that. Yeah. Some nights I didn't sleep and went straight to the yeah, gym. Yeah. <laughs> you literally did not sleep. So that was crazy. Um, I actually though, 
I do blame you for one thing. Mm. Um, during those gym times, you you got me into Bitcoin, oh, and yeah. <laughs> I had no intention of buying any Bitcoin or nothing. And then you got me in the crypto, and yeah, that didn't end well in 2017 for me. Hey, but you're up now, so I did hold it. So <laughs> hodl, <laughs> hodl, baby. <laughs> you Diamond know, hands. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> so maybe actually, I I do owe you because I learned my lesson, and I did hodl, and now it's up, and now like I understand that it's it's very volatile and yeah, anything can happen. But I think it's the future, man. You know what? What's what do your, you think? Well, what's your portfolio? Because you're you're obviously the crypto guy, getting everyone into it. Uh, <laughs> at the beginning of the year, I put in like 250000 and I think I'm up about 260000 or so now. It's crazy. Um, I dabbled in some altcoins that hit big, and then what, you know, what, what most altcoins of it hit now, big? Um, like Aave and other ones. Um, but now I transferred it all back, and you know I got just Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Chainlink. Why do you like Chainlink? I think it provides data for everything, but, you know, it's been good to me, so I just hold it. Yeah. <laughs> I hear it's good. I just, I've never, like, looked into it to know that, man, Chainlink is the next big thing. Like, I have no mm -hmm. idea. The one thing I learned from 2017, so I guess I am glad because I, I learned this lesson, was that the altcoins are what screwed me. Mm -hmm. Like, if I would have just kept Bitcoin and kept Ethereum, I'd have been good. Yeah. I would have been totally fine. Even buying it at the peak of 20000 a Bitcoin – I would just held it. I would have had, you know, right now it's trading at $60,000. Like, it would have been totally fine. No, but there's so many money grabs out there, and you just got to be patient and stick with the big cap ones. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, I only have Bitcoin and Ethereum. And it's funny because, you know, now that I'm a YouTuber, I watch these YouTube videos on crypto, and mm -hmm. I always see them pumping these things. They're like, Cardano's the next big thing. And I'm like, to the moon. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, why? What's so like good? every day they have a new coin on yeah. there just because they need to keep creating content, you know, to stay relevant. Well, that but, and, and they literally, know. if they have a big enough following, they can make a lot of money doing it. Yeah, I've seen the guys now, their accounts are growing like 100,000 followers a month. Yeah, dude. That's one thing I've noticed about YouTube as well is real estate is a very small niche in reality. There mm. are so many more like day traders and stuff, watching YouTube, even crypto and day traders, those accounts are far bigger mm -hmm. because they literally just create a new video every day of some, you know, whatever they want to talk about. Oh, man, Bitcoin dropped 2% yesterday. Is it the end? Is it the end? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. The next day, it's like, buy all the Bitcoin you buy can. Buy all the Bitcoin. The whales are coming in. Okay, you got to know about this new coin. I've, I have I just heard like, a rumor. Remember, we covered that coin like two months ago. It's like, yeah, yeah and every other coin. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, all right, what did we cover? All right, this week. Yeah, we'll talk about Chainlink this week. Okay. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> talked about it for two months. It's time. Yeah, people forgot. <laughs> but, yeah, there's too many of those accounts and... Stick yeah. with the big cap ones. I'm, I'm going to get with my <laughs> content team over here who's filming. We, we got to... Uh, get a daily daily stream going of just nonsense let's just talk about uh whatever whatever uh coin i feel like <laughs> i'm like okay i'm on coin market cap what's number 10 to, okay number 10 yeah we'll talk about that no don't do that yeah, don't, guys don't <laughs> don't take any crypto advice from me at all i i still i understand it pretty good now now three years later but don't take any advice from me i don't know 
I'm just buying Bitcoin, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If Michael Saylor says Bitcoin's like it, I'm going to trust Michael Saylor. That guy's smarter than me. <laughs> but did you buy any Dogecoin? No. No shot. You can't buy it on Coinbase or anything, so I wasn't able to. <laughs> Dude, that's the funny thing about crypto, too, is like you can't access so many coins because they're on just random exchanges. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, even if I think about buying it, I'm like, I don't really want to go through the headache of opening an account and all this crap. From 2017, I still have exchanges that I don't know how to get into, so who knows what's on them, you know? <laughs> Dude, ironically, so in January, when stuff was starting to pop, I you know, was like, man, okay, I wonder what my stuff is worth now. I haven't looked mm -hmm. at it in years. And you know, I was like, oh, I got 26 Ethereum. Nice. <laughs> this is tight. And it was, you know, Ethereum was at like 1500 bucks. I'm like, this Dang. is sweet. So I found, what was that? You know, like 40 grand. And then <laughs> I uh, also had another one called Zill. I don't even know what it's, it's one of those stupid altcoins. It had so much hype. It's like, yeah, it's launching Zill's the next big thing. I'm like, I don't even know what Zill's about, but these guys on Twitter are talking about it. I need to get some. So I bought like 70,000 Zill or oh something, like God. some stupid. It was like us. It was something really stupid. And it was the only other one that was worth something. It, it had like seven grand. I was like, oh, okay, okay. nice. <laughs> but then I had another one called Moby. Let's see the price of Moby today. Um, so it's called Moby. I'm on here on CoinMarketCap. Let me tell you, this one was supposed to go to the moon. Yes. Mobius. Oh, it's up 36% today. It still might go to the moon. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a cent, up 36%. But I had, okay, so I had 15,000 of them. I was like, oh, man, I got 15,000 Moby. Like, when I was looking through my old thing, I'm like, it's, it's got to be worth something. <laughs> but, yeah, that would be 15. 150 <laughs> bucks is what it's worth. I'm not even going to withdraw it. <laughs> yeah. Let it ride. <laughs> yeah, let it ride, baby. I'm not taking the L yet. But, well, cool, man. Um, anyways, this was this was more about you and uh, Forever Home. But, yeah, crypto's cool, too. Um, I, I, I just want to say, as, as we come to a close, that I think you're going to be one of the biggest agents. In, well, you already are one of the biggest. But I think you have the potential to be the biggest. I think Forever Home has the potential well, I don't think we want to be the biggest in terms of agents, but, you know, the biggest for what we want to do. Yeah, you we're know? already up in the you know, top brokerages in Vegas, yeah. number-wise. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, if I start something, I just want to be the best. Like, that's just what it comes down to. So the difference is, though, like, the best for me is different than maybe somebody else's version of the best. Mm -hmm. Like, so for me now... To be the best means like, hey, I get to live the exact lifestyle I want. You know, it doesn't have to do with making the most money or having the most followers or whatever. It's just like if I get to literally do what I want every day and I can buy the things I want, I can work the hours I want, you know, that's being the best. That's the best version of me. And I think you're the same way because uh, you if, – if you guys don't follow Nick, we'll link to his stuff down below. But he's like – he lives the most chill life ever. <laughs> How many places did you travel before the pandemic? Oh, man. I think in that same year, it was like Greece, Egypt, Colombia, and Thailand. Yeah. Didn't you go to Bali, too? Oh, yeah, Bali, too. Yeah. This guy, <laughs> he's been everywhere. Just a traveling traveling fiend. 
Yeah, and then and you're in Cali like every week. Yeah, I just got back from Austin this weekend, and then the weekend before was LA. Yeah. So Nick, another example of just like a guy living his best life, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> just chilling. Hey, but I put that you know eight million dollar house in escrow while I was in Austin. So there you go. Well, and too, it's not it's <laughs> not like this life came out of nowhere. We just talked about the journey mm-hmm. to get the eight years of, you know, yeah, you know, and figuring things out. It's cool to see where we're at now and where we're going. I know, know it's we're still <laughs> I can't. still so young compared to everyone else. You know, people are like, "How many agents do you have?" I'm like, ninety five. They're like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> I might have a. You know what? I might <laughs> I might get my license to be agent one hundred. Ooh, and then okay. drop it. And then drop it. I just <laughs> gotta get the title. Um. But cool, dude. So if you guys didn't know, we will link to Nick's stuff down below. Um, if you're in Vegas, you're an agent, you want to join Forever Home Realty, definitely go check us out, foreverhomelv.com. Once again, that's foreverhomelv.com. You guys can apply to join the brokerage. Um, super cool group of people, like Nick said. We're younger, focused on social media. Um, definitely not the old school way of marketing. We are, everything is geared towards the future. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, appreciate you coming on, dude. Thanks for having me, man. All right, cool. All right, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for watching the Ryan Pineda Show. If you want to work with me, head over to ryanpineda.com. You can find my courses, coaching programs, and upcoming events. We also have free resources you can download, so head over to ryanpineda.com.